Good afternoon, and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Mark Olmstead. And I'm Lorianne Rising. Can writing be healing? As writers ourselves, we always enjoy connecting with fellow authors and writers, hearing their stories, and discovering more unique and powerful ways that writing has impacted their lives. And of course, the ripple effects that are of service to others as well. Thomas Worm was a firefighter who was woken up one night by a voice that told him to write a book. The feedback on his first attempt was something that some of us are familiar with, that he was told that it was incoherent, yet he persisted. Today, he is a publisher, author, podcaster, master practitioner in mental emotional release, and a shamanic healing facilitator who uses writing as a form of healing for people from all walks of life. How cool is that? Welcome. Welcome. Hey. Oh, thank you. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you for being here. This is absolutely perfect and and such a fascinating direction and one that you know as as uh, Lori and I mentioned here we're, we're both writers and uh, and I I have the a children's book that I'm I'm actually and I have two or three more in line here that I'm just really excited to get to but I haven't figured out how to market the first one yet so I'm in progress with that right now. <laughs> I, I don't know. Did you ever run into any uh, any marketing issues for your writing? Oh, you know, it's marketing is always the I think the biggest hang up for most writers, and it's it's kind of the science behind the creativity that it's almost that merging of masculine and femininity that we we kind of have to do as a you know author entrepreneur these days. So it, it's you know it's always something I'm working on. Oh boy. Okay. Now wait. About now masculine and feminine in relation to marketing. Hold on. There, what, that, that's that. You just you just opened a, a can of worms there that I need to I need to dig into. <laughs> What's, what 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 do you what do you mean by that? So so the individual themselves has aspects of themselves that are more conducive to being a good marketer. Absolutely. You know, for me, I'm more the creative kind of. I want to just be meditating all the time, or writing, or or doing being out in nature. And for me, like sitting down and writing ad copy or getting all these technical file formats and everything that goes on with pub- like publishing and marketing, it's, that's, you know, to me, there's this more feminine creative side where sometimes I have to get more in touch with, with that really masculine directive uh, numbers kind of side of it all. And, and merging those two has been something that's really helped me um, you know, get in touch with either side as, as I need. And, yeah, and I think it really helps. I think most writers are, are more of that feminine artist type, you know, maybe not everybody, but um, sometimes we have to mix, mix those ideas. Right. Sensitive. Right. Yeah. It's like you, 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 you gotta be tied into the sensitivity of, of a situation in order to take it out of a reality and put it into a, a word or a, a, a conveyance that that people can pick up on, right? Yeah, I, I, I can hear that. Well, and it's it's incredibly common too for people to talk about birthing a book. I mean, it really does feel like it's our baby when it comes into the world, and then you got to 
release it to the rest of the world and let it sort of mature and grow up and have a life of its own in the marketing process. So that makes a lot of sense, actually. Oh, so how, how long have you been been an author, I guess. I mean, the, the idea that you weren't before doing something vastly different and then all of a sudden, like, okay, you wake up one day and now you are like, how, how did that work? And when did that happen? Yeah. So I've been an author, let's see, since 2019, I published my first book, Overcoming Anxiety Like a Hero. And, uh, I guess really it was, it was definitely a slow progression for me of, I went through a lot of anxiety and PTSD type, type mental health issues from firefighting. You know, I was a wildland firefighter for 14 years. So, and I think a lot of people don't even know what that is. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it, we're not in the city. We're not in the fire trucks. We don't have ladders. We have chainsaws and we light the forest on fire. We fly around in helicopters. We're in the wilderness, right? This is completely different. And so that alone, that career got me so in touch with, my gut instincts, my intuition, and like, should I go down this road? Should I cut this tree down? Is this a safe place to be? And what's interesting is that really came in handy later when I really started to get um, severe anxiety and, and a lot of mental health stuff going on. That led me through through this journey, this healing process that I went through, and, and writing was a major piece of that. And I don't think I really realized until later how much the writing helped me and of course, there was other things like mental emotional release, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about and, and acupuncture and chiropractic and things like that, that really helped me go deeper into my mind, body, spirit for healing. And I think for me, the writing came, you know, like you mentioned in the intro, it was this voice came over me, like you were going to write a book. And I, at, when I first heard that or felt that it was kind of this moment of like, what, like, I'm not a writer. I have no idea how to write a book. I can, you know, I can write notes in a notebook on a fire. Like I have no idea what this is. And so it was a long journey to, to go there. And, and I just, I just started writing. Like I just started writing every single day and, and it okay. was an interesting journey through that. Yeah. So you were journaling then to, to kind of as a preparation at the time when you got this message about the book, or was that sort of your, did you get the, the, the message to write a book and then start journaling? I actually opened up a Word document and just started writing out all these ideas because I knew there was, I guess, kind of on the tail end of this message was like, you're going to help people. And I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I just knew I'm supposed to help people. And, and so I just started writing a book of all these ideas and all these techniques that helped me through my own mental health. And, and so you know, I would say within a couple, like a month, like probably within 30 days, I had 40,000 words down. I was kind of going crazy a little bit. I'm not going to lie with, with the writing. <laughs> um, and it was, it was like, like you said, it was, it was pretty incoherent because I had no idea. I didn't have an outline. I just kind of uh, just threw up a book basically and, and had to deal with the <laughs> aftermath. <laughs> you had an internal explosion that landed on a page or several pages. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that eventually got edited and turned into like three different books. So uh, there is a lot of work on the back end to kind of decipher and, and integrate all that stuff. And I think that's, that was my biggest takeaway was the actual, the self, I think, you know, there's an editor that, that we all need an editor that's got to point everything out. 
But I think there's that before the editor phase where you're doing kind of that self-edit to clean it up. There's that you're, you're looking at things that you've written that you're like, I can't believe I wrote that. Or maybe it goes, maybe it's highlighting some sort of conflict that you need to resolve inside yourself. And I think this is where the integration process begins is that, that self, that self-editing phase is so powerful for me. Oh, absolutely. Now, now just to back up just a little bit, did you, uh, was there some kind of traumatic experience that maybe you had on a fire or something that you can look back on and say what it was kind of a trigger for this revelation direction of yours? Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, it's, it's probably different than, than you think, but for me, there was, um, my best friend, my engine captain, so my supervisor, we were just so close. And he, um, you know, I was at his house uh, one night and the next morning I got a call that he'd passed away from a sudden heart attack at, you know, age 40, super healthy guy. Uh, And unfortunately, this is a very common story in the wildland fire community. It's kind of probably 10 to 20 of those a year of really young people passing away from sudden heart attacks. And I remember when I got the news, it I just fell to the ground. I, I, I lost it. I, I didn't really know. I had never dealt with death that close to me. And uh, I would say at that point, my life turned upside down and it took probably about six months to a year before the really hardcore anxiety kind of mystery symptoms that come up with PTSD kind of stuff. Um, you know, suddenly I had these migraines and ulcers and, um, you know, weird fevers and all sorts of stuff going on. So, you know, I didn't go to a doctor or a psychologist because I I felt like it was more of this mental, emotional, spiritual thing going on for me. And so I went, I went to acupuncture and that's, that's why I really started to turn a corner. Mm. Wow. I, my heart goes out to you. Those kinds of sudden events that hit us upside the head and turn things around can be devastating initially. And it sounds to me, and and certainly correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes looking back, they can also be incredible gifts as well. And I'm curious, would looking back now, is, is that an experience you would you would define that way or share that way or has it really been just sort of an evolutionary process for you yeah I would say I of course I'm not grateful for for uh, Mike's passing away but um, and, and his family and all that but the event and the way it changed me internally I am so grateful for that I think I needed something to wake me up from what I realize now is I wasn't really supposed to be a firefighter and I'm grateful I did that. Uh, but I wasn't supposed to be there and I knew that the whole time, but I didn't, I wasn't really listening and I needed that. I needed something that sudden to kind of, you know, like you said, slap me upside the head. And, and I'm so grateful for that. And, and through this whole process, I, I really dove deep into meditation and, um, you know, I guess along this journey, I had this, uh, out of body experience that really took all of this to the next level. And, and that's when I really, I would say physically, I felt a lot worse, but that's when I really started to turn a corner to understand that there wasn't just, it wasn't just my own healing journey. There was, there was people I was going to help and there was some sort of God or force or consciousness behind this awakening for me. And, and there was a lot of power behind that experience for me. It was uh, very, I can go into that if you want me to, but it, the, the out of body was, was really important for me. Wow. I would actually really love to hear about 
the out of body experience if you're willing to go there because that's something I I haven't experienced and it would be you know like what does that mean and how do you know I get how do you know it's real that's always a question yeah. right <laughs> like, yeah yeah so so basically I I was in the midst of this ba- I was having identity crisis of really severe anxiety my health was going crazy and and um, I I knew meditation was something that really helped me before. And so I, I dove deep into reading some more meditation books and I got a hold of this um, ancient Chinese, like Taoist meditation. And I'm not going to mention the book because it's, it's honestly like, it's too much. It's dangerous. Um, and, and uh, so I was practicing this, this energy technique, which I had no idea what I was really doing. And I, and I got kind of, I would say stuck in like the energy was just kept flowing and moving. And it, and it was, I was excited because I had never felt the energy before. I'd never felt something inside my body. Like I could, it almost felt like I could control my blood or, or control like my actual body. And it was so interesting. And, and so I went deeper and, and I remember at one point I, I asked out loud, I said out loud, like universe, will you please open my third eye? And at that moment I was completely launched out of my body and I was floating above the earth at this point. So there was no, I wasn't really in the room or above my house or anything like that. I just went straight to above the earth. And I had this, um, seeing the earth as this one biosphere that alone was, was very powerful. And I, and I kind of felt like, I know what the astronauts are talking about now. This is Mm. so amazing to see all the consciousness at once on the earth. Um, and, and I kept going. Um, I was really drawn toward the sun for some reason, like a moth, and when I got to the sun, it kind of collapsed into like a, a, a trail, a light trail to the next sun, to another solar system. And, and I kept following this trail out of just curiosity. And then I eventually ended up at this, um, really at the center of the galaxy, at, the, at a black hole, right? And, and I was drawn to that. So I kept going. And it's kind of like a fractal, like there's just more trails. I'm just going from black hole to black hole to this next galaxy, to the next galaxy. And to the point where it's just like clusters of galaxies and I'm like, keep zooming out and I keep zooming out until I, I, it's almost like I was looking at neurology of these sparks flying from one side of the screen to the other side of the screen. And, and there was this voice again that came over and just said, this is the universe. It is pure consciousness. And at that point I was just shot back into my body. And, and this wasn't, I would say the actual beginning of this, like I felt like the molecules in my body were so active and vibrating. I thought I was going to rip apart. Like I've like, it was a very interesting kind of traumatic feeling. And so there was a lot of trauma with this experience for sure. Cause I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and, and when I came back to my body, there was, there was a lot of integration that had to happen. There was a lot of, I would say my health got a lot worse because I kind of fried my nervous system, honestly, because there was just so much energy that happened. Um, and that, that changed everything at that point. Like I, I could, there's no way I could ever go back to who I was before that experience. And so it was very powerful. Don't you hate that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and so that, that really spawned like my second book, which is, you know, awakened by heart fire, um, you know, wildland fire stories and secrets of the universe. And and I really tied in kind of all these things I got to 
integrate through this process of like the spirituality of firefighting and carrying fire as a, as a sacred ceremony and being so connected to the earth. And then this deeper spiritual lessons that came from, from God, if you will, or, or, you know, highest self is, is the term I like. Wow. Oh, that, that experience of, of, of getting to the point where, you know, that having an experience that it, it just, it's so invades and replaces any previous version of reality that you've been able to build up and, and count on and think you could be safe in and, and to have that just absolutely shredded in front of you. I, I, I thank you for the reminder of that. Cause it's like, Oh man, how could I, I've been to Burning Man four times and, and there's, there are things that happen at Burning Man that don't happen anywhere else on the planet, I can tell you. And uh, it's, it was, but, but not just, not just per se, you know, the typical, what, what people understand. It's just, it's just such a, 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 a great voyage into the, the expanses of humanity and, and the possibilities, I believe, of humanity. And, and for instance, one of the, one of the ideas that uh, when I was at Burning Man, just to, just to kind of go into this, uh, when I was, uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I caught the naming ceremony at Burning Man one time, okay? My very first trip to Burning Man, and I, I actually caught at the end, after they burned the man, they burned the, the, the church, all the stuff was down in ashes on the ground, right? And, and, and then the, the, the people kind of gather around the ashes and do prayers and stuff, right? Because these are really sacred events and, and serious, you know, events of the whole, the whole week. And, and I happened to connect with the shaman there who was doing the names. You, you get your official Burning Man name. And, and so <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm there and, and, and I'm telling them, oh, you know, my mission is making a difference, one song and one story at a time. I'm really wanting to, to you know, use the power of music, you know, like John Denver, you know, kind of thing and be peaceful and, and create this peaceful, you know, world and, and, and wanting to, you know, make, do, do my part, right? And, uh, and he says, okay, that's, that's plenty of information and uh, so no problem, let me, you know, and, and the, the guy that's with him uh, shoots some fire. Uh, they, they do a fire breathing thing as a, as a part of your, your naming, you know, so it's kind of cool you got the fire thing going on. Um, and, and so they, they shot the fire out and he says, okay, from now, now on and here to, until eternity, your burning man name shall be chaos. No, wait, no, you can't understand. Wait, no, 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 no. You know? And I'm like, OMG. Ooh, like, and since then, everything that happened, you know, I, I mean, I'm trying to create this peaceful and again, you know, helpful, synergistic environment in a world that is so diametrically opposed to any of that, you know? And it's like, so here I go, you know, signed up. <laughs> so I, it, that just one of my moments there, but it was, um, it, it's, it's so cool. Your story and, and the visual. Oh my gosh. I want to see that on video. Anyway. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Mark. Yeah. My, my wife is actually a pretty hardcore burner. And so I haven't been yet and I'm just waiting for them to open back up and we'll go. Um, mm. and, and I think like you're saying that fire element being in that ceremony, especially the burning man and especially the, the temple, 
just understanding for me, understanding fire so much and what it does to the human soul, basically. Oh my gosh. I just, I, I can't even imagine how powerful that, that ceremony is. Cause there's, there's, you know, people put their pictures in there and their, you know, old t-shirts or jewelry or whatever it is to release. And, and it's just, wow. So amazing. It, it, it really is an event to experience on, you know, whatever level and wherever you are in humanity and your, and your own evolution. I, I just invite, I invite the openness that, that's required and the, and the commitment to the earth. I mean, that, that whole place, that whole grounds, that, that, however many hundreds of acres it is, every inch of it's gone over and every item of human, uh, you know, evidence is removed once that 80,000 people are gone after that week. So yeah. it's just, yeah, it's, it's an incredible experience to, to be a part of. You know, I was, I was just thinking that the idea of chaos and creation are completely intertwined. I mean, there's a way in which, you know, things sometimes have to completely be chaotic before creation um, can happen. And how, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, you mentioned this experience that was in many ways shattering, but that's where the new self was also born. And I'm totally blanking. I know uh, India, one of the the main gods is, oh, I'm blanking on which one it is, but it is both chaos and creation in one entity because of that. They are so deeply intertwined. So I love that those experiences, it sounds like they, they brought that together for you. And, you know, you birthed a whole new element and, and essentially a whole new life for yourself out of that. Yes, absolutely. And I think there was that, that total earth shattering experience along with, um, you know, my, my uh, best friend passing away, those two events uh, not being too far from each other really uh, forced me into an identity crisis, if you will. And I think that's where the real work came in was, was, um, you know, really resolving all the things inside of me that were, that were old traumas and, and really going deeper into understanding like, who am I, if I'm not a firefighter? And that was a very large battle for me because I think specifically in the wildland fire community, there's that tie identity to the job is so strong that I don't really think a lot of people, maybe the military, I think the military understands that as much as we do. And it's, it's just such a different way of life that you become the job. It totally takes over your entire life. And so it was really interesting to go through that identity crisis. Mm. Well, I want to hear more about how you did that, because I think a lot of people are struggling with very similar types of things, especially after the last year or two, but we need to take a short break first. So let's dive into that when we come back. And when we come back, we're going to be sharing one of my personal favorite original songs from Mark. And it's one we've never had on the show before. So stay tuned (laughs) for Man to Man right after this. (laughs) 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's Best Indie Book Award-winning kids book, his music, and resources to support families, visit truesunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at truesunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Lorianne Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit LorianneRising.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Rise and Shine, and that was one of Mark's originals called Man to Man. Learn more about it and download your favorite songs at www.markolmstead.com. That's M-A-R-K-O-L-M-S-T-E-A-D.com. Well, we're here with Thomas Worm, (laughs) author and shamanic healer, and we were just actually just getting into the career change. We were uh, we we spent the first half uh, kind of talking about the firefighting and the and the experience of how the book came around. And I want to hear about this uh, this shaman Thomas. How do you have a new title that comes with this uh, with your new career, or do we call you shaman? Uh, no, 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 not, not yet. Um, you know, <clears throat> definitely in training and, and, uh, you know, most of my shamanic training has, has been with, uh, there is one of my mentors is trained from a Lakota elder and, and also, um, one of my other mentors is, uh, I guess one of, one of the last teachers in, uh, ancient Hawaiian, uh, shamanism. And, and that has been such a blessing to go deep into those teachings and, and I guess what's so interesting is is to kind of pick up where we left off was was after, gosh, after this out of body experience and after this earth shattering time in my life, there was this identity crisis where, you know, I I knew I I wasn't a firefighter anymore, but I still had the job, right? I still had the title, I still had that reality, and I and I 
had to slowly pick my way through releasing that identity. And, and for me, it was, it was really interesting how it would show up. And I think the last, it was a process for me. And I think the last kind of bit of it was, I felt very, very suicidal, which was, uh, that's, that has come up in my life before, but at this point I had been doing so much healing work. I was, you know, in such a better place that these thoughts would come up like, that's not, that's not where I'm at. Like, I don't know why that's there, but then I realized there was a part of me that, that there was actually a part of me, that firefighter identity that didn't want to disappear, but wanted to be released completely. And that once I really understood that, that I, I had to let go. I had to let go of that old identity because I was gripping onto it pretty hard. And that's when I would say everything was really changed for me of, of I ended up resigning from my federal job that was great retirement, all these benefits and all this stuff that, you know, all the grownups tell you is important. And um, I just, I just, I just said to myself, you know what? I don't care about the retirement. I don't care about the money. Like I, this is who I am. I'm a writer I'm an author. I'm, I'm, you know, getting trained in all these techniques to help people. And I had been helping people on the side. I've been helping other firefighters with, with their own PTSD and anxiety and the results I was getting just mind boggling PTSD gone, you know, anxiety, depression, those like really hardcore things were just going away from my clients. And, and so I knew I had to do more. Okay. Okay. Can I, can I, let me, let me, uh, let me uh, stay on the moment of, uh, you mentioned the word suicidal. Now I'm, I'm really engaged in the idea that with so many of our fellow human beings choosing the actual physical suicide of the human body, of their physicality these days, uh, as a result of the trauma, as a result of their experience, as a result of COVID, as a re- whatever it is, and even children, you know, uh, I am I am really intrigued and 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 interested in uh, what you did with that feeling. That it sounds like what you did was take the interpretation of the feelings of suicide, and you killed a part of what you had been attached to. In this case, it sounds like your your security, your job, your, your previous identity to what sounded like a, a, a really acceptable and, and honorable future and, and allowed that to die. Right. Would I, would yeah. that be accurate? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, just, just to like really paint a picture here is, is actually the number one death for wildland firefighters is suicide. Like it's a major, major thing that nobody knows about. There's, there's, there's a lot of issues going on with the wildland fire community. Um, and so this is very common, right. For, for people like me. And, and I would say I, I, this is, this is where I was. I was scared to like, I don't want to kill a part of myself or like, I didn't want that. I, and I think the real, I guess the best description I can give is that I started to destroy some of the beliefs that I was given at the earliest ages of, you know, I grew up with fire stories. I'm, I'm a third generation wildland firefighter. And, and so I grew up around this. I, I heard the stories and I wanted to be it since I was a little kid. And, and that's not who I wanted to be. It was, it was in, installed in me. 
my parents taught me that I wanted to be a firefighter. It's not who I wanted to be deep down in my soul. And so I allowed those beliefs to fall away. And with that, the identity fell away too. And, and that was, that was hard. That was, that was a big one to like, well, who am I, you know? And, and I think that's, that's one of the deeper questions. I think you can ask the universe is who are you, right? It's, it goes to the core of who we are as humanity to really ask yourself, who, I, who am I? And it's one of the hardest questions to be able to find an answer to. I mean, it's having had a couple of experiences over the last six years or so that dropped me into that place myself. I mean, it, it took years to be able to start answering and figuring it out and separating what's the beliefs that I was handed, what's the stuff that is, is other junk laid over the top versus what's really me, what's really true, what, or what do I choose to re-embrace out of that in some way, just, you know, for whatever reason. And that, that's an, an incredible process that has had ripple effects in every aspect of my life. I can say, like, there is no turning back. There is, like, once you've gotten to that question, you're, it's already too late to go back sort of thing. There is only moving forward. Well, and, and, and Burning Man is a great shortcut, by the way. You know, just, just. <laughs> well, I don't, I haven't been there. I can't speak to that. But I, I am aware that there are some things we can do to help ourselves in those spaces. And I'm curious what some of the things you did to help yourself begin to answer that, or at least begin to grapple with it in a way that was constructive for you. Cause I know with COVID this last year, so many people have been dropped into a place like that and they're still grappling with it. So what, what are some of the just tiptoe baby steps that might begin to move somebody forward from there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, my first steps was acupuncture and I'll always recommend that to people because I think there's, um, and you got to find the right acupuncturist that is more, not just the needles, but more into the energy as well. Um, and so I think the first step is recognizing that the mind and body is so connected that, um, it, it actually blows away science. Like there's, there's so much research coming out more and more about how our beliefs, our emotions really do affect the mind, uh, affect the body. And it's almost, you know, from all the research I've read and the practice that I work with and the, the modalities I use is where there's like this 95% of disease and illness is actually psychological at the root cause. And not saying that your disease or illness isn't real, it's that the root cause is psychological. And, and to me, I... What's that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And and so, so um, I guess what I'm thinking about is is basically... Oh, you lost me, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I know one of the things I have heard. I'm is like, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. One of the things that I recall reading about um, is how much of our emotional state is stored in the body. And when we have, you know, the emotions turn into chemicals, right? And so when that, those chemicals are stored in the wrong quantities, that can turn into diseases, at times. And for those who are going through weight loss programs, it's really common to become super emotional and have things come up again because 
it's in the fat cells. And so when you're losing weight, they're being re-released into the body and needing processed again yeah, type yeah. of stuff. So it, it's what you're talking about for the mind, the body, the spirit, and that connection, it is very, very physical. And they've, there is science that tracks it down at yeah, that level. Yeah. And, and um, to pick up where I was is, is basically why I love acupuncture so much is because there's that mental, emotional aspect to it but the actual needles are going into the nervous system and they're releasing the physical chemical blockages in the meridians. And so now we're, we're not only dealing, if you get a really good acupuncturist that is working with you mentally, emotionally a little bit, and you're doing the acupuncture and you're doing foods and you're doing herbs, like now you're talking about a holistic thing that's actually clearing, not just the mental, emotional side. Now you're, you're talking about actually physically like clearing these blockages that are, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that's, that's like the baby step for me. That's like the first thing I recommend anybody. And especially when you do like acupuncture coupled with therapy, something like that, even better. Um, And I would say the modality that helped me the most where my anxiety was really severe. Like I had health anxiety and the way it would show up is like, if I had a little, you know, you get a little pain in your body, like a little pain in your toe or like, you get a cramp in your chest or something, or like your, your finger hurts. Like I would lose it. I would come like, I I'm dying. That's what I would think. And I would just spiral out of control. And so the modality that really helped me that completely broke that was the mental emotional release. And that's when I knew I I had to become a practitioner because the power that I experienced of, you know, we take your mind from right now and we go back into the past along your subconscious timeline to the very first event, the root cause of, your anger, sadness, fear. There's also this root cause of like this seed belief that kind of connects all the beliefs. We go to that first event. And sometimes the way these events show up, it could be really commonly during birth, which is really interesting, past life, or even genealogical. So it could be a root cause in your parent, your parents' life that you're actually holding on to. And so when I take these clients back through their timeline and release these things we're actually releasing that mind body connection as well. There is some um, just remarkable things that are happening where they go to the chiropractor and and their spine doesn't need to be adjusted anymore. They've been going Mm -hmm. to adjustments for 10 years. Right. So there's this mind body connection with the mental emotional release. that is so interesting. And, and this is why the modality, this is kind of where I'm heading is this mental emotional release before you're writing a book, because Mm -hmm. what's happening is, we're clearing all those meridians, we're clearing the channels, we're clearing those chakras, we're clearing the mind, and we're opening up this avenue for this highest self, for God consciousness to come in. And now you can write a book that is way more powerful. And this is this is where the shamanism comes in. Where we're, we're, I don't really love the word channeling because I'm not really into entities taking over my body, but I do think that we're we're connecting to this highest self, to this highest version of the most immaculate person we could ever become. And that's who's writing the book. And this is where, where the, the shamanism is coming in. And, and, and to me, I think the second phase of this is really the, like I mentioned earlier, the self editing phase where we're looking at those words that we wrote and they're so inspiring that you can't believe it. And it's kind of shattering all those beliefs slowly. It's, it's working with that mental emotional release. So that's, yeah, those are the modalities that really, really helped me is, is the acupuncture, 
mental emotional release is a game changer nice. and the healing through writing. Nice. And I, I love that you brought up the intergenerational aspects because that's something I'm hearing more and more about in so many ways. And they're actually at, at a physical level when a woman is pregnant with a girl child, that girl child in utero already has all of her eggs that will later become the grandchild of the mother who's currently carrying her. So we are physically present in our grandparents in that sense. Those eggs become, you know, so we don't think about what kind of impact, you know, our grandparent might have had on us at that stage. But it is, there is that intergenerational connection, even physiologically <laughs> and we're, we're learning more about how that works. So I love that you brought that up and I, I would love at some point just to have a full conversation about the mental emotional release, but we've just, we've got maybe time for one more question. I don't know, Mark, did you seem like you want to jump in there? Well, it's just, it's so clear that, that these days we are growing up in a world that our parents did not grow up in. I mean, we have so much more access to information about how the brain works, about how relationships play out, about the, even even to, in my world, the effects of music that we listen to, you know? And, and to, to actually see, okay, there is a downstream consequence to listening to that stuff, you know? And, and it, by looking back at at the 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 lifespans of and the results and the and the and am I I mean could would you say in your experience that that would be true or is that something that I I'm I'm kind of making up given that my biases are sort of where they are. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're definitely right on track, and and it's so interesting when we look into the subconscious mind and how programmable it is. You know, the ages from zero to seven is like the imprinting phase. Basically, anything that's said to you doesn't matter if they mean it or not. That becomes a belief. It's just the way our psychology is. And and what's interesting is, is at least what I've seen from clientele in my experience is that even inside the womb, even at like conception, there's beliefs being installed. And so, you know, to me, I don't care if it's real or not. It's like the, the client's experience and so I'm going to go with that. I'm open to it. I'm going to go into their world because this is how the mental emotional release works is that we go into the client's reality and we just start unlocking things and we just start cracking open the beliefs until all the beliefs are gone. And then we install the ones that they want, that they, they want to have. And so it's interesting how there's the, the during birth trauma where the person is actually feeling the trauma of the mother so much that they internalize it or the past life trauma or the, you know, genealogical trauma. And it's really made me question like, wow, what is consciousness? Right. And I, I think classic hypnosis type work gets you into that question of like, what is consciousness? Where, where is it? And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's just really powerful when we start healing at that, you know, four bodies level of the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical it goes way deeper than just, yeah. you know, our life now. It Man, feels- we, we, we are at our time, but I want to make sure that people can learn more from you and find you and get more information. So how best do they go about doing that? 
Yeah, one of the best ways is to check out the Shamanic Author podcast and as well as BreakthroughWritersBlock.com. Uh, you can check that out and uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mountain Mind Tricks. And uh, yeah, you can check all those out and, and check the podcast out and I'm excited. Thank you. Oh my goodness, right, Mountain cool. Mind Tricks. That sounds awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, and we'll make sure the link is, is in the show description too to make it oh. easy for people. But man, thank you so much, Thomas, man, for being here. Thank you so much for being here with us, Thomas, and for your work and your commitment and your sh- career change. And, um, and we'll, we'll look forward to, to continuing uh, and, and, and our next interaction. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Now it's time for our wow moment with Laurieanne when she offers words of wisdom, sharing her intuitive and spiritual mentorship with us by responding to listener comments and questions. Wow, we covered a lot of ground in this conversation. And I don't know about you, but I know I have been through those periods in life where things completely turn upside down. Sometimes it has been triggered by a job loss. Sometimes it has been triggered by losing someone important to me. Uh, I have spoken before on this show and in other interviews, the experience of losing my kids, being a part of that process that really put me in a place of asking, who am I now? How do I rebuild a life that is meaningful and purposeful and joyful now that this thing has happened that was completely unexpected, feels like it took the rug out from under me, and, you know, in the middle of processing the grief and really the loss, if nothing else, the loss of the dreams and the expectations and the hopes that were once held. And sometimes even the grief of losing the person or something else that is deeply meaningful to us. It can be a very, very difficult place to be. If you're in that place, quite often we begin to wonder, what do we do? How do we move forward? What's possible? I love the tips and information that Thomas shared. I think they are incredibly useful and definitely a place to start with working on our nervous system and our physiology, as well as our mental and emotional state is all interrelated and definitely needed. There are a couple of additional things I'd like to add that could also be helpful. When I was in that place, one of the things I began to ask myself, even while in the grief, even while sometimes in the middle of being very angry and upset about all the things that were happening, and I just couldn't control them. It felt very unfair what was going on, which can also be part of the process. So what I began to do was to ask myself some questions. First and foremost, it was, How do I choose to show up today? And how do I choose to walk through this experience so that when I look back at it in three, five, or 10 years, I know I showed up the best that I could, no matter what anybody else says? That can be a really important one. Sometimes those situations are things that we know other people are making up stories about us and we have no control over it. 
So how do I show up in a way that I can feel proud of myself in this moment today? Just use that as a starting point. Recenter yourself around who you choose to be and make who you choose to be in this moment conscious. You may not know the future. You may not know what step to take next, but maybe you can show up and simply be as kind as you can right now. Simply be in this moment with your kids looking through their eyes if possible. And then when you're in a new state of mind and feeling more centered, you can then decide what's best to move forward. If you're feeling a lot of emotions, I encourage you to check in with them, sit with them, let yourself really fully feel them so that you can get to the message underneath because there is always a message underneath every emotion. And understanding that message can unlock the keys to our future. In fact, I have a meditation available on my website at laurianrising.com, absolutely and completely free, that helps you walk through your emotions in about 10 to 15 minutes so that you can get to the underlying message and begin to reconnect with that deepest part of yourself who you are born to be. So I encourage you to use the tips Thomas shared. And if these additional ones are helpful, I encourage you to take advantage of those as well. And until next time, my friends, keep rising. Thank you, Lorianne, for sharing your wow with us. If you have a question, comment, or concern you'd like to hear addressed on a future wow moment, or you'd like to learn more about Lorianne's mentorship program, visit her website at laurianrising.com. That's L-O-R-I-A-N-N-E-R-I-S-I-N-G.com. Thank you. And to our listeners, remember that Mark and I are on a mission to help make the world a better place and to uplift voices that are not typically heard. So if you or someone you know is an author, a musician, innovator, or even a comedian whose perspective and message challenges old paradigms to open hearts and minds, please reach out. We want to support you by helping you be seen and heard by a worldwide audience. Just visit us at riseandshineasone.com to apply to be a guest. And before you go, please take a moment to rate and review the show on your favorite platform. And remember, until next time, wherever you are, there's always time for remembering to Rise and shine. Take care. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining. The sound of the joy, the sound of the love, the sound